they're, they're, they're more lyrical in sense, and they're more things that are used to. And then there's times we go into praise and worship like that, and we just flow. You know what I mean? It might not be necessarily a song you recognize. It might not be a prepared song at all. You know what I mean? We just sing a, a few words like that. We cry out to you, Lord. That is your time to get alone with God. But yet, you're with a great company of folks here today. Just get in there and press in. Amen. Worship Him and, and experience that in intimacy with God. Hallelujah. Don't just sit there and wait to be entertained. Don't wait for a new song that you recognize so you can, you know, be entertained or anything like that. You're not here to be entertained. You're here to hook up to God. You're here to praise Him. You're here to release your faith. You're here to open your mouth and tell God all the good things He's done for you. Amen. Praise the Lord. You ready for the Word of God here today? Well, if you have your Bibles, if you want to join me, let's go to a couple places. First, let's go to 1 John, the book of Little John over there in the New Testament. Hallelujah. Have you come to receive here today? I'll tell you what, I sense some of you might have uh, come in a little groggy, got a few cobwebs. How many of you know we're going to break those cobwebs off? Hallelujah. There's no such thing where we don't permit cobwebs here at Family Church. We don't have any down services. How many of you know there's no such thing as an ordinary service? You know, I've got to keep challenging the saints of God to come on up, get hungry, get expecting. Praise the Lord, because I can just sense sometimes when folks are a little less attentive. Oh, come on. Don't you let it go that way. Go to 1 John chapter 2, and then we're going to jump into Matthew chapter 5 after that, so you can get your, your places ready there, Matthew chapter 5. Over the last several weeks, I've been teaching a series of messages about what it means to be born again. And we've seen this, that the born again nature is a love nature on the inside of us. Amen? Amen. That we've been born by love, we've been born into love. Hallelujah. That in, in the Garden of Eden, man didn't just lose his standing with God, or man didn't just lose his ability to get into heaven man lost his ability to love god and what jesus christ came back to do he came back to restore our ability to love god unconditionally hallelujah man's greatest need isn't religion man's greatest need isn't just the ability to go to heaven man's greatest need is the ability to love god and to love like god loves man needed his love for God and the love of God to be completely restored. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. So we're going to go to 1 John chapter 2. And then after that, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 5. Hallelujah. Last week, we talked about loving the brethren. Amen. And we're just going to review a couple of verses here that we looked at before we get over to Matthew chapter 5. Because we're living in a, in a day and a time where there is an ap- absolute epidemic of Christians out there that they say they're born-again believers, they say that, you know, they're saved and that they're going to heaven, but yet they have zero love for God's people. You can't have that. You can't say there's no such thing as being tethered to heaven without being in love with God's people. Amen. There's something about the born-again nature that when God comes to live on the inside of you, he perks up a love for the, for, for the saints. For God's people, for those that call themselves Christians and believers, that we're stirred up, we're born into a new nature to love those who God loves. Hallelujah. To love the children of God. And I've had people say, oh, I believe in Jesus, and I'm going to heaven, but I can't stand the institution of church. I just can't stand those fake and phony Christians. Well, you're going to see by the word of God that that is, uh, uh, you can't have that attitude and still have the life of God on the inside of you. They're contradictory one to another. People say that they hate the institution of church. They think Christians are fake. What they're doing is that they're, 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 uh, 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 they're, they're not loving the people of God. What they're doing is they're walking in darkness. They've been blinded. See, when you're born again, there comes with it a love for God and a love for God's people. Where you start putting your efforts, your energies towards prospering the local church the people of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. Let's go over here. First John, let's just read a couple verses we read last week. Let's start in chapter 2. Today I'm going to call this message, How to Handle Hostility. How to Handle Hostility. Oh, yeah, the title perks some ears. 
Amen. We're going to just do a little bit of review what we looked at last week. We're going to go to 1 John chapter 2. We're going to read uh, verses 9 through 11, just in means of review. It says, He that saith he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness even until now. Well, that's pretty clear, isn't it? No wiggle room for interpretation there. You say you're in the light, you're in Jesus, right? But yet you hate your brother, you don't love Christians. Well, the Bible says you're in darkness even until now. Oh, come on. Notice, it's not what you say, it's what you do. God doesn't necessarily believe what you say. He believes only what you do. Do you see that? You can see that right here in this verse. He that says he's in the light and hates his brother, notice what he's saying and what he's doing are two different things. It's not what you say that God trusts, right? It's what you do that God trusts. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You can't believe one thing and do another. He says that person is in darkness even until now. Verse 10, he that loveth his brother abides in the light. There's there's how you abide in Christ. You love Christians. You seek the prosperity of God's people. You want them to go higher. You want them to be blessed. You want them to be favored. You want them to be prospered. You want the people of God, the saints of God to go higher, right? He that loveth his brother abideth in the light. There is none occasion of stumbling in him. This is where so many Christians, they open themselves up to disobedience and sin because they have no care for God's people. I'll tell you what, it's going to be a lot easier. The Bible is telling us it'll be a lot easier to fall into disobedience. It'll be a lot easier to fall into a wrong lifestyle if we don't have love for God's people. This is why people stumble. This is why they fall. This is why they give in to temptations. This is why they stay addicted. This is why they keep speaking wrong. This is why they don't raise their kids right. This is why they stay uh, hooked to uh, uh, wrong entertainment. This is why they stay addicted to pornography. This is why they stay in that old root, that old life, because they, they say they try to accept Jesus without accepting his people. See, there is a power that God releases. There is a grace that works on our behalf when we start serving the people of God. And when we serve the people of God, boom, there's power. And I've seen it so many times when people get tested and when they go through trial and trouble, what they'll want to do is that they'll want to step away from serving God. And what you're doing, when you step away from serving God, you are severing the power. You are severing the power. Oh, so many times I see people, they get, they get loaded up in the world and they get, they get a, a heavy burden. The world puts a lot on them and what they start to do, they start finding ways to pull back from God's house. And what they're saying, they're saying that I'd rather invest more time into the things of the world than at the things of the church. Oh, my goodness. See, I'll tell you what, God's power is released when we serve the brethren. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you what, if the world's trying to heap something on you, you don't need to take the things of God out of your life. You need to uh, lighten yourself up in the world. You don't take God off your shoulders. Get the world off your shoulders. That's right. Oh, because I'll tell you what, there is a huge, uh, there's been a huge movement, uh, an attack against this church. We've gone to a whole new level over the last several weeks, amen? And there's been a lot of people that, they're feeling that pressure. Because we know that with every new level, there's a new devil. With every every new door of opportunities, there are adversaries at that door. Trying to press you, and to pressure you, and to tempt you. And a lot of you have felt it, a lot of our... Our, our help staff, our helps ministries have come, uh, come up lately saying, oh my goodness, I, I got this going on and I got that going on and I'm just feeling, you know, pressured. And what the world is trying to do to you is to get you to sever that grace that's released on your behalf by serving God's people. Oh, you want to be careful. Don't you sever the grace of serving God's people. And what people will do saying, I'm going to serve God less and serve the world more. Oh, you better be careful. I tell you what, I've had conversations with my employer before, before I worked here, you understand. You know, I've had conversations. I told people, sorry, I'm not going to be there. I got church Sunday morning. I got church Wednesday nights. And I I also, I'm not going to, you know, uh, work away my family and and, and, and not be there for my marriage. I'm not going to just work so much that I can't be a good father, a good husband, I'll tell you what, you better have that conversation. I've, I've walked away from employers. Yeah, yeah. I've eaten peanut butter and jelly and Raymond noodles every day, all day, in order to obey God. Yeah. And of course, God will take you out of that. Yeah, amen, amen, amen. 
Amen. That it, God didn't make me eat that way, but I'll tell you what, it was, a, it was worth investing into the things of God. Amen. Hallelujah. When I was, when I, was uh, 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 I don't know why I'm sharing all these stories. Well, was, well I do know why. But I'm saying that from a natural human standpoint. But I, I, was a, I was a school teacher, and I knew I was called to the ministry. And all at the same time, I, I was a full-time teacher. I had been appointed to the pastor, the pastor of this church. I was a full-time school teacher, a full-time pastor. I was earning a master's degree all at the same time. And it wasn't the things of serving the church that I put aside. When, when things had to go, it was the things of the world that had to go. I looked to lighten myself up in the, in the, in the things of the world. Hallelujah. If that meant talking to my employer, if that meant uh, telling people I'm not going to be there on this night, even my, even my extended family, family get-togethers, I'm not going to come to so-and-so's birthday party if it's on a church night. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> it's real good. I'm sure people are, whoo, I'm sure they're not, uh, I wonder why you're not cheering here this morning. I'll tell you what, so many people, they want God to put them first. They want to be ushered to the front of the line, but have you ushered God to the front of your line? Amen. You know, so many people, they want all these things added unto them, but we have to remember the first part of that verse, but seek ye first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I tell you what, that means first over everything. Yes. First over your employer, first over birthday parties, first over barbecues, first over summer weather, first over golfing, first over boating, first over uh, your child's soccer game, first over your child's cheerleading, first. Come on now. Anyway, this is good. No charge. (laughs) But I tell you what, you don't don't look to sever because that serving the brethren is how you abide in the light. You know, when you, when you serve on worship team or you serve in the ushers or you serve in the nursery or in the, the children's ministries, when you're cleaning the floor, you're washing the windows, when you're parking cars, when you're, you know, uh, working in the office, when you're building walls, when you're cutting grass, when you're doing all those things, you're serving the people of God. Yes. And it might look in the natural as blades of grass getting cut, but on the, on the, in the realm of the spirit, there's a supernatural thing going on. Yes. There's a supernatural thing going on. Heaven is being pulled closer to you because you love the saints enough to serve them, to see that they have a better lawn to look at, a better floor to walk on, a cleaner bathroom to use, more excellent music to worship to. Hallelujah. It all matters that you're here with that, with that intention. Maybe you're here and you're not doing any of those things, but you're called to sit in the, in the seat and to release your faith for the house of God, to bring your tithe, to worship with all your heart. How many of you know that you need to be faithful doing that? Say, well, maybe no one ever saw me up there singing, or no one ever saw me up there preaching, or no one ever saw me ushering, but I'll tell you what, what they didn't see was me on my knees, praying and releasing faith, believing that God would bestow His intense favor upon this house of God. Amen? Hallelujah. You can serve God with fastings and prayers. Right? How about Luke chapter 2 over there? It said of the prophetess Anna, how she served God day and night with fastings and prayers. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Maybe you don't have a a specific job description in in the helps ministry, but maybe you're serving God on behalf of this congregation with your faith and your prayers. And I'm not talking, you just throw out a little token prayer. Oh, Lord, bless family church. No, Lord, I thank you for my born-again brothers and sisters in my church, in my church, in my local body. I thank you that, Father, they are promoted. I thank you, Father, they are blessed. I thank you, Father, you encompass them with favor as with a shield. Father, I thank you, the blessing of the Lord is upon them, and it gives them a full supply. Lord, I pray that all those that are believing for children will have children. Those that are believing for jobs will have jobs. Those that are, are, are believing for whatever they're believing for. You're just constantly releasing your faith towards the people of God. Mm. That's right. Oh, praise the Lord. Glory to God. <laughs> yeah, but verse 11 says, But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not where he goes, because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Go to 1 John chapter 3, and let's start in verse 14. Just a little review. 
Just felt led just to read these scriptures to you. Hallelujah. Had a lot of people come up to me after last week's message about loving the brethren and, and some people. I mean, they got involved. They said, my goodness, I realize I'm not doing anything for the people of God. I'm not doing anything for the people of God. I had people come up and say, I want to cut the grass. I want to help here. I want to wash. I want to uh, clean the bathrooms. I want to vacuum the floor. I want to wash the windows. I want to uh, uh, help and I want to serve because so, a revelation went off on the inside of them. I want to serve in the Sunday school. I want to be in the nursery because I'm not there to be seen. I'm not there to just try to get God to love me. I'm there to release my love for the people of God. Verse 14 says this. It says, we know that we have passed from death into life. Because we love the brethren. There's the litmus test of your born-again nature. If you're born with the nature of God, there will be a love for the brethren. And we know that we've passed out of eternal death and passed into eternal life because of our intense love for the brethren. My love for this church won't allow me to skip, skip a day. It won't allow me. Because the Bible says that each single one of us, we are like living stones being built up into a holy house and a habitation of God. I'm so glad that the walls showed up today, aren't you? I'm glad that the rafters showed up. That's how God looks at it. When his people don't show up, it's like parts of the wall are missing. You know, parts of the structure are missing. The parts of the roof are missing. It's an incomplete house. When God's people who know that they're called to be in the house of God, when they don't go to the house of God, they are leaving God's holy house incomplete. There is people today that have put their trust in the cheeseburger. They have put their trust in the family get-together. They saw a couple days ahead of time that there was some nice weather coming up on Sunday... And they thought that would be a good day to have our outing. And that's what they're doing right now. And, 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 and they're, they're, they're standing over a grill. They're grilling their cheeseburger. That cheese is getting all nice and melted and hot. Some of you are, are looking at me. Pastor, stop. No power in it. When the devil rises up to try to steal something for them, they are not going to be able to arm themselves with a cheeseburger. The barbecue, chicken, the ribs aren't going to (laughs) work. Oh, see, their love was incomplete. Their love was incomplete for the things of God, and that's why they get stolen from. That's why they stumble. That's why they stumble, right? right? We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loves not his brother abides in death. Whosoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Lay down our lives for our Christian brothers and sisters. But whoso has this world's good and seeth his brother has need, shuts up his bowels of compassions from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him. Now let's go to Matthew chapter 5 and let's get into the meat of the message. Today I want to talk about how to handle hostility. How to handle hostility. It is not how you handle compliments. It is not how uh, uh, you handle when, when people are, are nice to you and they're smiling and shaking, their ha- shaking your hand and when they're being good to you and, and uh, when they're doing nice things for you. It's not in those times when we discover what's in you. It's when the world is hostile towards you. It's during those times of hostility that we are going to find what you're made of. Again, we could call this message another litmus test for the nature of God. It's when people, uh, uh, when they're hostile towards you, when they persecute you, when they start hating you, maliciously attacking you, defaming your character, that your response to that is going to determine what is on the inside of you. We're going to find, find that out in a hurry. Let's go over there to Matthew chapter 5. And let's start in verse 43. Praise the Lord. Jesus talking here. Jesus says, You have heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thy enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just 
and on the unjust. For if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans or the sinners the same. And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans do that? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. Now here's what we need to understand. God has determined. Have you learned this? That God has determined to draw a hostile world to himself through love. God has not determined to draw a hostile world to himself through law. He has not determined to draw a hostile uh, world to himself uh, uh, by debate. He is not trying to win a hostile word to, to himself by winning an argument. He is not even trying to draw a hostile world to himself by displaying his marvelous creation. Though we know that creation does speak to the existence of, of God and, and things and so on. But God didn't determine to win the, a hostile world by any of those means. He's determined to overcome an evil world with love. Amen. He has decided to face every enemy with love. Oh my goodness. Praise the Lord. God, this needs to sink into us. He has has determined to overcome all forces of evil. Everything that is considered evil, he has determined to overcome it with the power of love. Oh my goodness. Some of you need to wake up on on the inside of here. Oh my goodness, I'll tell you what. There's a... some of you are, 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 are lethargic in the house of God today. And you, you know I'll, I'll, bring, I'll bring the spanking. I'll tell you what. I don't show up to the house of God unless I am ready to eat. Right? I come. I'm ready to feed. I'm hungry. Pull your, ta- pull your chair up to the table. Start responding. We're not here today uh, uh, to be marveled with some sensational message. We're here today to hear the truth. To pull and to gravitate. You know, amen, praise the Lord. Don't, let, you know, we always say this, check the baggage at the door. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Amen, we didn't, come to, uh, we didn't come to bring our baggage to God and say, oh God, why is it not working? We're here to say, we know it works. We know the word is my help. I know that if I will put this word, if I will draw on this word and pull on this word, it's going to be my help. Yes. Oh, hallelujah. God has determined to overcome anything evil with the power of love. He has put that power on the inside of you. The Bible says in Romans 5, 5, that he has shed abroad in our hearts the love of God by the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. So let's get into this. Can we bring up verse 48 now in the Amplified before we get, go back over and teach this? Look at that, that last verse. It said, be therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Well, here now the Bible's saying you have to be perfect, but you need a right understanding of what that means. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't mean you, you never stumbled or whatever. It means this. Look at the Amplified Bible. You, therefore, must be perfect. And what that means is growing into complete maturity of God, godliness in mind and character, having reached the proper height of virtue and integrity as your heavenly Father is perfect. Hallelujah. When hostility is met with hostility, it only breeds more hostility. But when hostility is met with love, hallelujah. When hostility is met with love, that's when the darkness cannot understand it. That's when the the, the power of that attack is absolutely destroyed. Amen. There is a witness of God in the heart of every aggressor who comes up and they give out hostility, but they get love in return. God has determined to win this world through a return of love to those that are hostile and aggressive towards the people of God. Praise the Lord. God has determined that you are going to win the lost. You are going to plant the seed of the gospel. You're going to be a demonstration of his existence on this earth because when they hand you hostility, you hand them back love in return. Glory to God. This is how God's going to show the world his power. Praise the Lord. He's not going to recreate any more galaxies out there. He's not going to do any, you know, uh, 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 he's not going to send shooting stars, you know, to spell your name in the sky or anything like that. He's going to send some 
buddy in the path of a lost person. Someone that they they just continue to love and give out goodness, even when they've been handed hostility. Hallelujah. We were born into love to keep reproducing this love on on the earth. Praise the Lord. Now let's look at this. Notice there in verse 44, go up to verse 44. Jesus says this. He says, but I say unto you, love your enemies... Bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That word persecute there, it means to do anything hostile against. It means an act of hostility. So that's why I call this message here today, How to Handle Hostility. Now go back down there to verse 48, and let's bring it up in the Amplified Bible again. Because I want you to see that how you handle hostility, how you handle hostility is a sign and a token of your maturity. Growing into complete maturity. So your maturity, you want to know how mature you are in God? How mature you are in God is how you handle hostility. How you handle the persecution. How you handle the hate. Oh, praise the Lord. Notice it says growing into complete maturity of godliness. You want to find out how godly you are? Don't count up the number of hours you pray in a week. Don't count the hours of scripture that you read. Don't count the amount of money that you've given to the church. If you want to decide your godliness and maturity, if you want to know where that stands, look at how you handle hostility. What was your reaction to the one that was hostile towards you? Your maturity, your godliness, your character. Yes. You want to go and find out how strong your character of God is? We will find out by how you handle hostility. Yes. Praise the Lord. So your maturity, your godliness, your character is all discovered, right? And how you handle the, the hostile one. Having reached the proper height of virtue. The word virtue means power. Power. Having reached a proper height of power. Oh my goodness. Some of you aren't getting over certain things because you are not walking in this, therefore you have not reached the proper height. There was a bar to get over and you didn't get over it. Come on now. Because we've been born into this nature and we've been born into this nature to react with hostility with love and kindness. Praise the Lord. Real simple message here today. I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to splendor you. I'm not trying to get clever. I'm not trying to get you know, fancy in my wording. I'm just putting it out there that you need to understand this. Now notice your height of virtue, the height of your power, your character, your maturity, your godliness, and now notice the last thing, your integrity. Your integrity is determined by how you treat the hostile one. It's not the smiling church person. It's not the family who who might have sent you a birthday card. You know, the people that you have a friendship with. It's not always how you treat those people. Right? Now, of course, we know that we have to have brotherly love and so on. But how do you handle that person who is maliciously attacking you? How are you handling that person who's trying to get you fired? How are you handling the one that's talking to your boss? How are you handling the one that's talking to your professor? How are you handling the one that's talking to someone else you know and trying to defame your character? What are you doing on their behalf? How are you handling that situation? What are you doing when someone comes to you and they want to talk to you about how bad so-and-so's been and how short they've fallen and how they've treated you and, and, and they want you to join in their little trash and bash session? How are you handling that, that opportunity when someone comes to you and they can only say nothing but bad for, for somebody else? Do you jump in on it? Or are you bold and are you mature? Are you full of character and integrity, maturity and godliness and say, oh man, if, if so-and-so is, is, is doing these things, my goodness, we better pray for them. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's keep going here. Praise God. So now, now that you've seen what was at, at stake, your godliness, your maturity, your character, your virtue of power, right? 
your integrity, all at stake in how you handle those that are hostile towards you. Instantly, you probably are starting to think in mind people in your life that have been hostile towards you in one way or another. How are you handling that ex-spouse? Oh, my goodness. How are you handling the IRS? How are you talking to those creditors? How are you talking to the bank or the mortgage company? See, we, 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 uh, uh, so many times people think that they're entitled to treat certain entities wrong because they see those entities as against them. Jesus said, no, you might have heard that you should treat your enemies poorly. He said, but I'm here to tell you, love your enemies. All right, let's go up to verse 44. How to handle hostility. Now let's get into the specifics of what you do specifically when someone is hostile towards you. Verse 44, Jesus said, but I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Now here we go. Notice he says, he says, but I tell you, love your enemies. Notice that this kind of love is absolutely impossible apart from a born again nature. You cannot love an enemy until you're born again. You will never be able to do any of this until you have a new nature because your old nature can only give eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. How many of you know that we've been redeemed from eye eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth? I don't have to give back what they gave me. That was Old Testament. That was law. You're not under the law. You're under grace. You'll never win the world by just acting like a lawyer. You will never win the world by trying to hold their feet to the fire. You will never win the world by telling them, oh, oh you know, you're, you did this wrong, you did that wrong, you did this wrong, you did that wrong. You'll never win the world that way. You will win them, and they might come to a realization that they have broken, you know, God's righteous standard, but they need to be told about how God loved them and forgives them. Hallelujah. Now, verse 44 He says, but I say unto you, love your enemies with this supernatural born-again love that's on the inside of you. Do you believe that you're born again with the love of God? Do you believe that the love of God has been shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Ghost? Then guess what? You can do it. Notice that you cannot lean on feelings. Because an enemy is somebody who is not fond to you. They are not lovely to you. They are not pleasant to you. They have nothing about them that is attractive in any way to you at all. They are an enemy. They are always against you. They are never for you. Notice what an enemy does. They will always curse you. They will always hate you. Right? They will always despitefully use you, take advantage of you, step on you so they themselves can go higher, and they will persecute you or hate you with hostility. Oh, yeah. That word curse there, it means they desire that you fall into trouble. The word hate there means they hope that you become doomed. Wow. So these are not people that are on the fringe. They kind of like you. These are people that just downright want the worst for you. They are downright trying to rub your face in the dirt. They will say anything. They will do anything. They will talk to anybody behind your back, right? Oh, so that's what what an enemy is here. So obviously, we can't depend on feelings. We're going to have to lean on knowledge. Knowledge of a new nature on the inside of us. See, there comes a time when you have to believe there's a new nature. Because you won't always feel that new nature. What are you going to do if you don't feel like you're a born-again Christian? What are you going to do if you don't feel like you were born into love? What if you don't feel that fuzzy feeling towards somebody? Then the only thing that you're going to have to lean on is the knowledge of a new nature that's on the inside of you. Hallelujah. You're going to have to take your faith and believe. You know, the love of God's on the inside of me. Glory to God. You're going to have to go ahead over there and say, you know what, greater is God that's in me than he that's in the world. The Bible says in 1 John 4, in verse 8, it says, God is love. So you could say it this way, greater is the love that's in me than the hate that's in them. 
Greater is the love that's in me than the greed that's in them. Greater is the love that's in me than the insults that are in them. Greater is the love that's in me than the maliciousness that's in them. Glory to God. I tell you what, you're going to have to believe there's a new nature on the inside of you and that you are a love being and you've been created to love this world. Oh my goodness. I've had plenty of opportunities to walk in this love. And I'd love to stand here today and say that I succeeded in every one. I probably didn't. But I'm not going to talk about those. I'm going to talk about the times I did it right. <laughs> Praise the Lord. There's been so many opportunities, especially me, uh, many of you remember when this building was going up, that there was a lot of attacks. There was a lot of maliciousness against uh, this church, against me personally. Uh, I was hauled into town meetings and so on with, with people, whether they were politicians, uh, they were neighbors or whatever, about building a church building, about building a church building where people were getting helped. And I, I was in those meetings, and I'd have people stand up, and they'd shake their finger right in my face. You're an awful, rotten pastor. What do you think? What kind of pastor would do this to us? What kind of pastor would want to grow his church? I'm thinking, I said, you think this building's big? Wait till you see the one after it. This is 18,000 square feet. Wait until you see 40,000 square feet. Hallelujah. And they were over there like, I can't believe you have 700 members in your church over there. I'm thinking, well, not yet, but I tell you what, it's a good thing. Man, when you got the world confessing faith for you, I tell you what, you know when they're, they're confounded, you know they're stumbling all over themselves when they hate you and they're still releasing faith for you. God turned, turned their wor- words of hate. I said, yeah, amen, brother. 700, that's right, we're on our way. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. But what was I going to do when the man was sitting there, I mean, red face, clenching his teeth? Now, I'll tell you what, what Tim Stallman wanted to do. I was thinking, you know what? If that finger gets shaken in my face one more time, I'm going to break it into 15 pieces. That's what your mind is thinking. Your mind is thinking, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break that finger. I'm going to put it in his nostrils. I'm going to put it in his ears. I'm going <laughs> to... I mean, that's what your mind is thinking. Oh, don't you look at me so holy. I didn't say that that's what the love of God on the inside of me. I'm saying that that's what the carnal mind is thinking. But how many of you know you've got to let that new nature rule over the carnal mind? You know? And I just smiled real sweet, and I said, I said, sir, God bless you. I'm just doing the best I know how. What, is, what am I doing? Walking in the love of God. That's it. That's it. That's I was not going to get in, because I'm not going to be drawn into that kind of quagmire. That's right. See, that's what the world is trying to do to you. They're trying to rob your height of virtue and power by pulling you into the sand, right? Haul you into the debate. Haul you into the fight. Oh my goodness. The moment you get hauled into the debate and hauled into the fight and hauled into that, 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 that low life, that's what it is. It's a low life, it's the old nature, and, if, and, and the low nature will bring low things. You're right. Old nature will bring old things. The new nature will bring new things. You know what I mean? And if they haul you in and if you, allow, you get into that kind of mud slinging, that's exactly what's going to happen. You're going to get hit with mud. You're going to get hit with the worst the world has to offer. But I tell you what, when you walk in love, when someone's there and they're, they're shaking their hand in your face, and I mean, they're almost, almost physically aggressive towards you, you just walk in love. Oh, be blessed. Now, let's look at what we have to do in these situations. I remember uh, I was in a situation one time uh, that there, there was a, a local pastor that was saying some, you know, some negative things about me and about our church and, and so on, and personally don't care. But um, uh, I was invited down to the National Day of Prayer to speak uh, at, at Tracy Plaza or whatever. They're doing the National Day of Prayer. And, and I was down there and uh, uh, we had a, a young man in our youth group that was going to our youth group, but he was part of that church. And he just was showing up at our youth group and so on. And, and he was learning some things that maybe he hadn't been taught before. And he, he, he uh, you know, asked the pastor down at his church, you know, oh, what, what's going on? You know, pastor, explain these scriptures to me. And, uh, well, he couldn't really explain those scriptures to him. 
And so what he did is say, you just got to stay away from that church. They're a bunch of this and a bunch of that. Well, young people being as they are, this young man came back and reported to me all that the pastor said. Now, was I there believing what a teenager was telling me? No. I wasn't, I wasn't saying what the kid was right or wrong. I was like, oh, well, God bless him. But then I was down at the National Day of Prayer, and while that pastor was there, and I saw him, and I didn't care, you know. But uh, I came right up to him, I'm like, sir, it's good to, good to see you, and how are you today? Oh, uh, 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 pa- uh, Pastor Tim, um, yeah, uh, yeah, um, um, I know uh, one of our, our youth is over there attending your youth group, and yeah, and, and, and he asked some questions, and, and yeah, and I'm sitting there, I'm thinking the whole time, he is proving how he talks about me behind my back. Because when the love of God got in his face, and he's not a tongue-talking pastor. (laughs) I was like, my goodness, he's been filled with the Holy Ghost. (laughs) But you could just tell. You know, and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, well, what am I going to do? I mean, it's clear. It's obvious. He even started bringing it up. I know he said, and I don't know if he told you, but, 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 but you know, and he's trying to almost apologize. And what am I going to do? Am I going to sit there and hold his feet to the fire? No. I said, brother, it's all right. It's all right. You know, we don't even need to talk about it. It's all right. And I mean, this huge feeling of relief came over him, and conviction came upon him. And he just, I mean... He wouldn't even look me in the eye. He's like, you know, thank you. Thank you, Pastor Tim. And I just stood there and shook his hand and out I went. Because I'll tell you what, we are not there to try to get people to owe us anything. There are so many people that they think that holding unforgiveness and holding something against somebody is their leverage. They love to be empowered by the leverage. Oh, my spouse said something. She did something. She did this wrong. Now I can hold on to that and I can hold it over her or I can hold it over him for a few days to get my way, to make them move, do this, do what I want them to do. Oh, I'll tell you what, grudges are never your leverage. They're your wrecking ball. They tear you down. They never build you up. There's certain things that, there's people that do that. They'll see their spouse get into a certain thing. And they'll say, oh, look what, look what she did, or look what he did. Wives, I've seen wives say, well, he did this, he made this mistake, so now's my chance to get him to clean up the yard like I've wanted him to do. Oh. And I'll hold that against him. I'll remind him of his mistake several times until I get what I want out of him. See, that's what people do. They try to turn their grudges into leverage and into power. Mmm, yeah. there's no such thing. You better let go of it. Especially in a marriage. But you know all all the time, no matter what we're facing, I mean, there's going to be times when when you're just going to have to let let things go. You're just going to have to, you're going to have to forgive supernaturally on the inside of you. You're going to have to choose the higher nature and say, no, I'm not going to make them pay for this. I'm not going to make them, you know, I'm not going to try to get something out of them. I'm not going to try to take advantage of the situation. I'm not trying to gain in business. Come on now. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them that despitefully use you. Now look at this. Four things that we're told to do towards hostility. Four things. Are you ready? Four things. Verse 44. But I say unto you, number one, love. Second thing, bless. Third thing, do good. Right? Fourth thing, pray. Pray. Love, bless, do good, and pray. The word love means to make a choice. Make a choice to do something different than they did to you. Make sure that the product that goes back to them is sweet, right? It's pleasant, and it's not hostile. The word blessed there, it means to ask for their prosperity. Oh, here we go. This is what you do. All right, you love them. You make a choice. 
And now you got to go even further with it. You have to bless them. Meaning that you go before God and request their prosperity. Oh my goodness. Prosper those that hate you. Prosper those that hate you. Prosper those that curse you and want your doom. Prosper them. When's the last time you gave money to someone who insulted you? Usually we give money and gifts and things towards people that have loved us. There's no reward in that giving. Good word. No reward. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Bless them. Seek their prosperity. Do good. Literally. Do something that they did not do to you. And when it says pray for them, that word prayer there, it is actually the word for supplicate or to request on their behalf before God. When's the last time you prayed for someone that was hurting, hurting you? When's the last time you went before God and you supplicated on their behalf? See, this is the kind of love that Jesus walked in. This is the secret of his power. Right? Here, here he is on the cross. He's been beaten. He's been bloodied. He's been pierced. And he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. I'll tell you what, when you see some in the world and they're hating you and they're railing on you, don't ever expect them to act any different. They have not the nature of your heavenly Father. They do not have heaven on the inside. They do not have the love of God shed abroad in the Holy Ghost. They have no other way to act but that way towards you. And I say this all the time. When Christians, I hear Christians all the time. I go to work and, Pastor Tim... They're saying the F word and they're taking the Lord's name in vain and all the people around me are, are doing nothing but all this bad stuff and talking about all this bad stuff. Well, are they saved? No. Well, then that's all they know to do. That's their nature. They're just doing what their nature is. And they don't need you pointing it out to them and you saying, oh my goodness, oh, look at that. Oh, you. No, you should have looked on them with pity. You should have looked on them and said, oh my goodness, they can't do anything else. So I'm going to show them a better way. I'm going to do good to them. You know, I'm going to give them something. I'm going to bring them an Applebee's gift card. I'm going to give them a card with a 20 in it. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to help them. I'm going to let them use my truck to move their, their belongings, whatever it is. I'll tell you what, you need to look to do good. It didn't say say good, it said do good. This is what happens. A lot of Christians... You know, and I've done it. Oh, my goodness, I'm guilty of it. Someone will do something, you know, and, and I'll, I'll even back up to those examples that I, I spoke about. You know, uh, those people that were, were pointing in my face and, and doing all that stuff, I did. I, I, I did part of this. You know, I would say good to them. I would pray for them and so on. But I never prospered them. I never sent, I should have sent them something good. What an opportunity that would have been. To, 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 to send them a card or to send them a, a Red Lobster gift card or something and, and just send them and say, hey, I love you, care about you, just want you to know I don't want any hard feelings. It's important that, amen, the Bible says do good. Do good. Nothing clever about today's message, is there? Just so this is what the Lord would have on my heart. Because a lot of times people are severing their power between them and God because they're not walking in this nature. There's going to be people that are going to try to trample over you, take advantage of you. And this is what you need to do. You need to love them. You need to bless them. You need to do good. Do, find something good to do for them. Yeah, yeah. Find something good that would bless them and help them. Right? That's right. And then the, the, the fourth thing you need to do is you need to pray for them. Real quickly, can we, can we bring up Romans chapter 12? Romans chapter 12. And can we bring up verse 19? It says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Verse 20. Therefore, if your enemy hungers, feed him. If he thirsts, give him drink. For in so doing, you shall heap coals of fire on his head. Now, see, our natural carnal mind says, yeah, coal's a hot fire. Let's throw it on them. And I hope they feel it. I hope it burns and I hope it hurts. That's not what this is talking about here. 
See, sometimes there's things in the, in the Bible that are culture-related. In Bible times, you know, they didn't have furnaces and things like we have. What they would do, that they would have to keep a fire going, right? For their food, for their heat, for uh, their daily life, right? And what they would do is that they would have these bins that would have hot coals in them. And what they would do is that they would carry these hot coals, literally like Oriental style, on top of their head. And uh, it was in a, a case, and they wouldn't really feel the heat or anything. But what someone would do, if you were there at your home, and maybe you got lazy or whatever, and your fire went out and there was no more hot coals, guess what you would need to do? You would need to go next door, and you would need to ask for some hot coals. And they would put, people would say, oh, sure, brother, sure, sister, Here's some hot coals, and that person would say, thank you. And they would go back there with their little thing on their head, and they would bring their hot coals and restart a fire, and it would provide for their family. That's what the word is saying here. The word is saying, here they have come, they have tried to steal your food, right? They want nothing but bad. They would just enjoy your destruction. He said, but when they want to come and enjoy your destruction, heap hot coals, heap hot coals. Heap hot coals. Give them that which will prosper them. Give them that which will feed their families. Give them that. And don't just put one or two hot coals on their head. Heap them full. Fill them up. Feed them. Give them drink. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I tell you, I've been meditating on this this week. I am so looking forward for the opportunity to do this. Even if it's at the back door today. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. I, I am just so determined now that this revelation has popped on the inside of me that the next person that's speaking and, and doing awful things and whether they do it to my face or I find out behind my back, I am getting the card ready. I am, I'm going to Red Lobster. I'm going to go to the wherever, nice restaurant. I'm going to buy them something. I'm going to send it in a card and I'm going to bless them. Some of you are thinking of a good insult to tell me at the end. <laughs> Man, my goodness, I, I like bread lobster. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll uh, insult Pastor. <laughs> Some of you are getting ready. No, but seriously, this is what we need to be purposed in our heart to be doing. This is how God is determined to win a lost world. Yes, that's right. This is how God is determined to do it. He did not determine you to go into someone's life and to preach how wrong they are. He did, not, he did not give us that, that message. He said, go and preach the good news. Go into all the world and preach the good news of the gospel. The good news is, yeah, yeah, that might include people have to be warned about, you know, what they've done and they've broken God's righteous standard and they've broken his law and, and things like that, but they need to be told. Listen, the good news is that God will forgive you. God sent His Son. He sent His Son to pay the price for your debts. Yes. Glory to God. You can believe upon Him. He'll love you. He'll forgive you. He'll give you a new life. He'll bless you. He wants to heal you. you got to tell Him the good news about it. Real simple message today, folks. Now look at verse 21. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. It didn't just say overcome hate with good. It said overcome evil with good. Has Satan tried to move any evil into your life? And I don't mean just the evil of bad attitude or, or doing and saying things wrong. I'm not talking about drinking and swearing and smoking. and Though those things have to go too. You know, you know what I mean. But I mean that he'll bring in things. He'll attack your life with that which is called evil. Sickness is not of God, is it? It is derived from evil origin. That's right. Now, that doesn't mean that someone who's sick is evil, but sickness itself is not from God. Right. Now, notice it says, overcome evil with good. Overcome evil with the love of God. Yeah. See, this is what happens when people walk in this kind of love, and they do good, and they bless those that yeah. use them and hate them, and, and they pray for them. What happens is that power becomes yeah. released. Yeah. All the evil that tries to move in your life, all the darkness that would try to come in, whether it's, it's, it's sickness, whether it's poverty, whether it's depression, all these things that are, that are authored by the darkness realm are broken because you walk in love. That's right. That's right. You walk in love. Why did Jesus never get sick? 
He always walked in love. Why was Jesus never depressed? Walked in love. Why did he always have a meal? He walked in love. Yeah, yeah. Love fed him. Yes. Love provided for him. Love empowered him. Love motivated him. Even when he was rebuking the Pharisees, it was out of love. Glory to God. Right? Back to Matthew chapter 5. Look at verse 46. This is what I want to end with. For if you love them which love you, what reward do you have? It takes no supernatural ability to love those that are good to you. It takes no supernatural ability. Sinners can do the same thing. Remember the old TV show, Cheers? Norm! Right? Norm would walk in. They were all good to him. Norm was good to them. My goodness, I really expected a bigger laugh from that. <laughs> I really did. Come on, help me out. Even when my jokes aren't funny, love your pastor here. Bail me out. My goodness, that was like the holy hush. But you know what I mean? People sitting on a bar stool. People that are filling themselves with, with you know, the liver pickler, right? Here they are, you know, they're sitting there, and, and I'll tell you what, I was in that lifestyle. I remember, boy, everyone there, we were all buds. We were good to each other. My goodness, you'd say, oh, I, I need another drink. Five people around the table would bust out a $5 bill. Hey, let me get this next one for you. Let me get this next one for you. But yet in the Christians, where the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the power of the Holy Ghost, so many times you go out to dinner you know, with people, and, 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 and one, you know, everyone's kind of sitting around waiting for who's going to pick up the tab. I talk to waiters. I have friends that are waiters and waitresses. And they say that their most hated day to work is Sunday. I said, why Sunday? He said, that's because the Christian crowd comes in. The church crowd comes in and they say they are the worst tippers. They have the worst attitudes. Oh my goodness. It should not be that way. We should be the biggest tippers. The biggest lovers, right? I mean, we just love people. We want to see them prospered. See, we leave such a bad taste in people's mouth because we don't walk in this love. This is the love that God has determined that will win the world. This is the love that God has determined to reward your life. That's it. He says, for if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same? Meaning God wants to reward you for this love. This is where the power to prosper comes from. It comes from love. That word reward there, you can look it up yourself. It means wages paid. God wants to pay your bills. He's going to pay your bills because of the love of God that's flowing out of you. He wants to heal your body. Why? Because the love of God is channeling through you. Glory to God. Depression should have no place where the love of God is prevailing. The love of God has never been to a divorce court. Brother Hagin said that. And what I mean by that is that when the love of God is flowing in you, you your, your, your marriage is going gonna, is gonna to prosper. Your children are going to prosper. When the love of God, when every time you take that opportunity to bless, to do good, right? Yeah. To pray. What was the other one? To love. To love, to bless, to do good, and to pray. When you use that opportunity, it is just the, the fire of God is just moving into your life. The power of God is coming to provide. Amen. Coals have been heaped upon yes. their head. Yes. They are now being convicted. When they gave out hostility, love came back to them. There's a witness of the power of God on the inside of them. And then you get rewarded in all areas of your life. Amen. Love is how God designed to win the lost, to prosper his children. Yes. Glory to God you got to do this. And unfortunately, sometimes the hostility can even come from those in your own church. Now, I can't say that it has towards me. This church has been fantastic. But what are you going to do when a brother or sister who should know better, what are you going to do to them when they talk wrong to you? You're gonna find, you know, they're going to find themselves in need of your grace, in need of the love of God flowing from you. What if you, what if you fall into a temptation and you say something that you shouldn't? Guess what? You're going to need that love to come back. How will the world ever change if they don't see something different in us? 
This is the contrast. This is what makes us different than the world. This is what pulls us out. This is what sets us high above all the nations of the earth. This is what makes us something that is desired and they want to be. This is what the world needs to to see in us. And they say there is another way. There's a better way. Hallelujah. I'm seeing them. They walk in love. They're not depressed. They're prospering. Their bills are paid. They're walking in health and power. That's right. All because it first started with walking in love. Amen. Did you get something out of this today? Real simple. Just an instruction to the church. Instruction to the church. And you know what's going to happen now that it's been preached? You know what's going to happen now that it's been taught? You're going to have an opportunity. Today you got the lesson. The homework's coming. The homework's coming. And the homework's coming, meaning that there's a test coming. You will be tested. I'll tell you what I'm looking for. I didn't say I'm looking forward to. In the the sense of, you understand. When I get that opportunity, when I hear someone, next time someone sends me an awful rotten letter, you know, I might not be able to give all of them a Red Lobster gift card, because my goodness. (laughs) You know. Because sometimes they just pour in. <laughs> Fan mail. <Yeah. laughs> well, it's not always fan mail. But I'm going to pray for them. I'll tell you what, I guarantee you, every one of you will be behind someone today in traffic that you will be able to use this on. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you know. You will have an opportunity in traffic. Let's pray. Father God, we love you and praise you. We give you the praise and all the glory. Father, we thank you for the love of God that is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Father, we know that that love is a love that you gave us to help win the world, win the enemies. Because, Lord, it's how you won us. You loved us even when there was nothing desirable about us. Father, you loved us. You gave us. You did good. You took our sin. You paid the price. You delivered us from death, hell, and the grave. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name. Now, Father, that love is on the inside of us. Father, it's the contrast. It's the difference between us and the world. Father, it is the evidence of your power on the inside of us. We love our enemies. We bless those that curse us. Father God, we do good to them that seek our destruction. Father, we pray for those that move against us in hostility. For, Father, this is how you win the world. This is how you reward your children. This is how we grow in character, grow in godliness, grow in power, grow in integrity. This is the life that, Father, you've put on the inside of us. This is what it means to be born again. Love with the love that's been demonstrated towards us. Thank you, Father. We give you the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. With eyes closed and heads bowed, before we dismiss, I just want to make sure that everyone in here is born again, that you've made Jesus the Lord of your life. I'm not asking you to join an institution, per se. I'm not here to convince you to partake in a ritual. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, that if you'll confess Jesus Christ with your mouth, that he is Lord, And if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. You have to believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead to pay for your sin, to forgive you of all wrongdoing. He wants to move you out of darkness. He wants to move you into light. He wants to move you into his divine favor. He wants to love you. He wants to give you that spirit that cries, Abba, Father. He wants to give you a new life. But you must call on him. He doesn't come in uninvited. But invite him in today. If you've never invited Jesus into your your heart, today's the day of salvation for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. Today I'm not going to call you down front. Today I'm not going to give you a microphone or anything like that and make you speak to the church. But I'll simply ask you to raise your hand right there in your seat. When I see your hand raised, I'll have you put it right back down. I will then... Pray a prayer. You can pray right to the Lord yourself, right in your seat. Speak those words. Ask them into your heart. 
receive that salvation that he's prepared for you. If that's you today and you know you need Jesus in your heart, you know that you need to make it real with God, you know you need to get right, you know you need to be born again, please lift your hand now. Is there anybody here? I thank you. I see those hands. You can put them down. Is there anyone else that you just know in your heart that you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life? You want to live for him, live in this new love. Praise God. Well, we did have a couple of hands. So we're all going to pray this prayer. If you lifted your hands, pray these words out of your mouth. Speak them with me. Talk to the Lord. Don't talk to me. You're asking Jesus to come in, to be your Lord and Savior. Let's all pray this together. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe with my heart that you raised him from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord Jesus, be my Lord, be my Savior all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Isn't it wonderful to see uh, people coming to the Lord in our midst? Praise the Lord. If you lifted your hand and you asked the Lord to come into your life today, I encourage you, find one of these cards in the seat pocket in front of you. Go ahead, take the few seconds, uh, fill that out. Before you leave today, hand it to somebody. Hand it to me. Hand it to Pastor Brad. Hand it to an usher. Don't be ashamed of the Jesus you're asking to save you. Praise the Lord. Go ahead. Just mean business with God. When you mean business with God, he'll mean business with you, right? Praise God. Did you get some help here today? I'll tell you, look for the test. Look for it. Look for your opportunity to love, right? To bless, to do good, to pray. Amen. You're going to get that opportunity. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet. Let's bring our confession up. Let's say it like we mean it because we do. Amen. One, two, ready, go. My mind is renewed. I will live for Christ. In the face of trial, I will say, greater is God that's in me. In the face of financial hardship, I will declare, I have a supply. Every trial only serves to make me stronger. I have victory in Christ. I am a champion through God, and nothing shall make me afraid. Hallelujah. Lord, we glorify you. We magnify you, Lord. Father, we are children of the Most High. We are loved children. We have been born from a love God. And Father, today, this week and beyond in our lives, we will look to love, to bless, to do good, and to pray. Father, for we know that this is a hostile world. And Father, we'll be used to draw them to you through the love of God channeling through our lives. And Father, we thank you that as we walk in the love of God, we're rewarded. We're highly blessed, highly favored. And Father, we love you in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people shouted, Amen.